great introduction to uh, what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, now that it's November, these first couple weeks in November historically have been set aside for the, our stewardship campaign, the time of the year that we talk about what does it mean to be good stewards. Next Sunday is going to be a really full Sunday. In addition to celebrating our veterans uh, with a slideshow before and after worship, uh, it's also Stewardship Sunday next year, or next week, Consecration Sunday, when you'll be invited to bring forward your tithe uh, for the coming year. So today is this way to kind of introduce it. Earlier this week, I was uh, on a, a call with many of my pastoral colleagues, and across the board, they say this is one of their least favorite times of year, because it's the time of the year where they have to stand up and they have to ask their congregation to do something. And I thought a long time about that this past week. And I thought, you know, it's not personally for me my least favorite time of year because I'm already in a congregation where people give. And so I don't have to cajole all of you to step forward because you already are. Yet today is a reminder to continue to be faithful. The scripture that we're going to be looking at today is not the typical stewardship sermon type. So just kind of get ready for that. In fact, you might read through it and you might say, what does this have to do with stewardship? No worries. We'll bring it around to that because what Jesus is talking about here is about a lifestyle, which is something I love preaching on. If you've noticed over the years... I have several themes that boil down to basically one theme. And maybe I'm giving my secret away, but I'm going to tell you anyway. The one thing I love to preach on and that I go back to is the concept of discipleship. And by discipleship, I mean what does it really mean for us to follow Jesus as his disciples, as his followers, not just with our actions, but with our lives. And pretty much every sermon that I preach on will bring us back to that one point. And today is no different because stewardship is about faithfulness. It's about being the best disciples that we can be. Stewardship is about being open to God's prompting and focusing on how is he asking us to not just give, but to live? So our passage today is going to be coming from Matthew 23. It's also not a passage that is often preached on, as you'll see in just a moment. In fact, on the lectionary schedule, which is planned out at three-year increments, whenever you preach through the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 23 is skipped. It is not in the lectionary. And there's a reason for that, because what Jesus has to say here, it kind of sounds a little harsh at the beginning, and yet it is so important that we hear what he's really saying so that we don't fall to the same trap that the religious elites of that day did. So with that introduction, we now have an opportunity to come to God's word together, a gospel reading from Matthew chapter 23, verses 20 through 28. I invite you, if you're willing and able, if you would like to stand with me in body or in spirit, and as we stand together, then we'll have a chance to read aloud God's word. So if you're willing, let's stand, and if you would prefer to be seated, that's great, but together, let us read aloud God's word from the Gospel of Matthew. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. 
you should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you, having now encountered your word, and now the opportunity to ponder on it, to grow within it, to follow faithfully as we seek its truth. So I pray, Lord, that today that you may speak through me, that you may help me to speak to this passage truthfully and with wisdom that only comes from you, and that together as your people you may give us the hearts to hear and the minds to listen so that together we may grow as your followers. And we pray all of this in your most beautiful name. Amen. You may be seated. So, as you probably just read and thought to yourself, perhaps, this is a pretty tough passage. Jesus is being pretty tough on these Pharisees, these teachers of the law. But what Jesus is really getting at here is something that didn't just plague people back then, but I believe continues to plague people today that we love focusing on the small, minute things while we ignore the more important things. And indeed, that brings us sorrow. Because the more we focus on the small things and the more we ignore the big things, the worse it gets for all of us. And the three woes that Jesus speaks here of have all one thing in common. And Jesus names it hypocrisy. The root of this word hypocrisy is a reference to an actor, to someone who pretends to be one thing but is actually another. And that was great what Matt brought up on about Halloween, how people put on costumes, and whether they're princes or witches or wizards, none of us believe that's who they really are. We know that that's a costume, but do we do the same in real life? Do the attitudes or the clothes or the things that we do, is that just putting on a costume for us? Are we just acting in our day-to-day lives? And when we see people up on the screens, do we think that's who they really are because that's what we see? Do we think that comedians are actually happy people just because they tell jokes? Do we believe that actors or, or who play scientists or doctors are actually really smart? Sometimes they are, but they're acting. That's what they're paid to do. So when we hear the news that somehow a comedian 
who was struggling with their own sorrow, or somebody who played a scientist actually wasn't that bright. Sometimes we're confused, but should we be confused? Because they're being actors. It shouldn't surprise us. But maybe it means more about what we really are about. Do we pretend in this same way? Do we pretend that life is going great when in reality we are filled with rage or sorrow? Do we say one thing but think another? Do we act one way or live another? Are we trying to fool the people around us, but in fact we're off here in this other place? The hypocritical Pharisees and teachers who Jesus was talking to that day thought that as long as they kept up the appearances of all the things of the law, that they were actually being lawful. And so they tithed even the smallest amount of the smallest of things. They kept up all the regulations that looked good on the outside. And let me tell you, if you ever looked up the regulations of what makes something clean or unclean, it could make you go bananas because of how many regulations there are. But these Pharisees, these teachers of the law, got so caught up in these regulations that they neglected the stuff that God really cares about. And perhaps we are susceptible to the same things. We keep up with the tiny things while neglecting the important ones. We observe the outward signs of religion, but our hearts are untended to. We adopt the right posture in church, but we hate our next-door neighbor. And I struggle with this too. I'm not standing up here telling you I've got it made. I don't. I like to get my appearance right, but that means that I sometimes neglect my own heart. It's so tempting to put on nice clothes and then try to hide the ugliness on the inside and pretend that everything is great. Have you ever done that before? I tend to the tiny things that will be all but forgotten tomorrow, but then fail to tend to the bigger things that have a far-lasting effect. I don't always tend to my heart. I don't always ask what God wants of me. And those times, that's when I get lost. Now, you may not know this, and maybe here's secret number two, but faith is a sometimes a hard thing for a pastor. And maybe this shouldn't be a surprise either. It may seem like from the outside that being faithful to God and being a pastor are, is the easiest thing in the world. Because we preach and we teach and we pray and we're in the word and it's faithful. But friends, I got to tell you, it's so easy to fake it. It's easy to teach and not believe. It's easy to show up to this job and still have our hearts far away from God. I can tell you that because it happens. Over the years, I've read many stories of many pastors losing their faith, of turning away from God, of living hypocritical lives, of doing terrible things on the job, and it seems like there is a disconnect, but it means just pastors are just like everyone else. We're like all of you, struggling what it means to be faithful, susceptible to hypo hypocrisy. We can get caught up and straining out gnats out of our wine while at the same time eating a camel for our meal. And just in case you didn't know, both of those are unclean, gnats and camels. 
but what is more noticeable, the gnat in your wine or the camel as your main meal? Jesus, by the way, is telling a joke there, just in case you didn't get that. Jesus has this very dry sense of humor, but this is where it is. The joke is that you all are going to a great length to take the tiny, unclean things out of your lives, while the main course, the thing that should be noticed, that's also unclean. It's kind of silly, but at the same time, it's true, isn't it? In the pursuit of our own sense of right or wrong, it's so easy to lose perspective. It's so easy to lose sight of God. It's so easy to turn our hearts away from what God's doing to what we want to do. All of this, of course, can be overwhelming and exhausting, and it can lead to just a huge lack of energy. It can forces away from focusing on the things that really matter. And it leaves very little time to be good stewards if all we're focused on is keeping up appearances. <clears throat> this last part of the passage here is one of my favorite things that Jesus says, and I know it's kind of bizarre. Jesus here talks about whitewashed tombs. He says, but they're full of dead men's bones. It's so profound. Now, Jesus there, he talks about something that we're not terribly familiar with because we put all of our tombs and our cemeteries away so that we don't really see them. But that wasn't true in first century Palestine. As a courtesy to the pilgrims and the others making their way to Jerusalem, there would be tombs everywhere along, along the way. But to make sure those pilgrims didn't touch those tombs and therefore, of course, become unclean, they would be whitewashed so that they would be noticed and not touched. Because even if you touch the outside of a tomb, you'd be un become unclean. And what made that bad? Well, if you were on your way to Jerusalem, you couldn't go in for the sacrifice because it took you seven days to become clean again. So the tombs would be whitewashed and they'd be beautiful and they would stand out in the sunshine and they would stand as a beacon. Do not touch. But Jesus says, who are you fooling? The reality of it is, man, it looked great on the outside, but what's on the inside? Everybody knows. The pretty outward appearance belied a radically different inward reality. And no matter how much they were dressed up, at the end of the day, they were still tombs. It reminded me of something I did over the summer. Over the summer, we purchased this large plastic shed for our garbage cans. Maybe you have one. It has two doors in the front that open up, and it's got a hinge on the top, and it's great. It looks really nice. I can put my garbage cans in there, and I'm like, it's all tucked away. I love the way it looks. I love the way it hides the cans within, but it looks great. But, man, you open it up, one whiff. It's clear what's on the inside. It staggers the knees. It wouldn't matter how much I clean the outside of it. I could polish it and shine it until it gleamed. It would not take care of what was on the inside because what was it made for to hold garbage? This is what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about our lives like that, that we can dress up our outsides, but that will do nothing to change what's going on the inside if we are full of deadness. The Pharisees were hypocrites because though they looked the part, their hearts were dead. They were full of putrid, foul-smelling sin. And instead of being lawful, they were lawless. Jesus lobs at them the accusation they cannot possibly hear. Instead of keeping the law, they're breaking the law, and they didn't even know it. 
How? Because they have forgotten that the law exists to bring us back to God. The law doesn't exist in and of itself in the Old Testament. It exists to bring people back to God. And they had made this fatal error of forgetting that, which meant that they weren't really serving God anymore. They were serving themselves and their own interest. See what this has to do with stewardship now? Because if this is us, how can we really serve God? If our outward appearance becomes more important than our inward reality, then who are we fooling? Do you think God sees our facades and says, hey, looking good, keep it up, while the inside will flow of garbage? Good stewardship is about pursuing the weightier manners. It's about leaning into God's work and letting the smaller things take their appropriate place behind the bigger things. Jesus brings this up because I think this is a struggle for most of us. That we are bothered by the things that have very little to do with God and God's kingdom. But yet we give them this huge amount of thought. We care more about our outward appearance than the condition of our heart. We forget that we are sinners saved by grace. We refuse to be humble. We won't take correction. And we need to ask ourselves, in order to find a new way forward, is what does God care about? What does God care about? When we ponder on our lives, do any of us ask God what should we do or what to give or how to live? Do we think that God doesn't care and therefore all options are equal? What does God care about? God cares about our hearts. Over and over again in scripture, we hear that God wants us to be transformed from the inside out. Case in point, the passage that Linda read earlier today from 1 Chronicles. The passage talks about how God has tested David's heart and was pleased because he found integrity and honesty and joy. And even though David made a lot of mistakes in his life, he was somebody who was known to have his heart beat after God. Because that's what God wants from all of us. So friends, as we have stepped into this season, we are reminded that every day is a fresh moment to live for God. Every week is an opportunity to choose what we do and how to do it. Every month we have opportunities to give of our time and energy. And every year is a chance to re-examine our hearts and to see what it means for us to really give and serve ourselves and give ourselves to God. Do we care about what God cares about? How we answer that question allows us to move forward into this season faithfully. Let's pray. As we have been confronted today, Lord, all too often we are like whitewashed tombs. We are people who care about the outside of a container, about whether that's clean. We tithe from the, the smallest amounts, but we've neglected the weightier matters of justice. Our hearts are dead. So we come before you, Lord, seeking you once more, asking what does it mean to be faithful, asking for your grace. Come near, Lord, to us. Transform us from the inside out.
that we might be faithful to you this day. We pray this in your name. Amen.